From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday the 13th of April 2023. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we run through Japan's missile scare. This isn't the only thing happening in the world, though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, we have a look at Macron's comments on China and Taiwan. But first, what happened last night in Japan? News of North Korean missile launches don't really come as a surprise to many people, especially given that Kim Jong-un's regime has ramped up its testing of long-range weapons in recent months. But fear was sparked on Thursday morning on Japan's northern island of Hokkaido, when millions of residents were hit with a J-alert, urging people to take immediate cover as a freshly launched North Korean missile could land on or near the island at around 8am. Fortunately, the alert was lifted not too long after when authorities determined that the missile would not land nearby. It was later confirmed that the missile fell into the sea outside of Japanese territory. The incident caused some anger and confusion, with warning sirens playing in local prefectures, a brief panic at a train station and school opening delays. But the Japanese government defended the issuing of the alert, saying it had been appropriate based on the limited information at the time. South Korea says the missile flew about 1,000 kilometers after being launched at a high trajectory from a site near the North Korean capital of Pyongyang. It's not the first time that Japan's alert system has caused trouble. In October last year, the government apologized after a similar J-alert was mistakenly sent to the Tokyo Islands south of Japan's main archipelago, rather than just the northern islands of Hokkaido, where a missile was passing over. Even though the alert turned out to be unnecessary, the missile launch is still notable. The South Korean military says that the North was testing a new type of long-range ballistic missile, possibly the first in the North Korean arsenal to use solid fuel. Unlike liquid fuel, solid fuel is easier to load, store and transport, meaning much less preparation time before a missile can be launched compared to liquid fuel missiles. All of North Korea's previous intercontinental ballistic missile tests have involved liquid fuel, and it's only tested short-range solid fuel missiles before. Japan, South Korea and the US condemned the test, with the White House saying the door is not closed on diplomacy, but Pyongyang must immediately cease its destabilizing actions and instead choose diplomatic engagement. The launch came just days after Kim Jong-un said North Korea must strengthen its war deterrence in a more practical and offensive way in response to US aggression, referring to the joint military drills by South Korea and the US. Okay, so that's our main story for today, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. After a dispute lasting years, the Arab nations of Qatar and Bahrain have today restored their diplomatic ties. Delegates from the countries met yesterday at the headquarters of the Gulf Cooperation Council General Secretariat in Riyadh. A statement by Qatar's foreign ministry said that both sides met to enhance the Gulf unity and integration. This comes following a phone call in January between Bahrain's Crown Prince and the Qatari Emir, in which they discussed their differences. Clearly, the meeting and the preceding phone call has had some success, and the countries have been able to put behind them a very tricky period. This started in 2017, when Bahrain, alongside Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates and Egypt, imposed a diplomatic blockade, 
claiming that it was too close to Iran and that it backed hardline groups. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Tunisia and Syria will resume diplomatic ties after a decade of estrangement, marking the latest thawing of ties between the Assad regime in Syria and the wider Arab world. The Syrian government says it accepted the appointment of a Tunisian ambassador and will reopen its embassy in Tunis. President Bashar al-Assad had been left isolated in the region when Syria was suspended from the Arab League back in 2011 in response to his violent suppression of Arab Spring protests. But after more than a decade and a brutal ongoing civil war, Syria's isolation is coming to an end. Saudi Arabia plans to invite Assad to an Arab League summit being hosted in Riyadh this year. In just the last couple of weeks, Syria's foreign minister visited Egypt and Saudi Arabia for the first time in over a decade. But while some Arab countries are looking to end Syria's isolation, others are opposed. At least five members, including Morocco, Kuwait, Qatar and Yemen, are refusing to readmit Syria into the Arab League. It's been reported today that the UK is in the midst of a diabetes crisis. This comes from the fact that cases have topped 5 million for the first time. Around 90% of diabetes patients have type 2, which is a condition that is far more likely to develop in people who are overweight. In total, in the UK, there are 4.3 million people with type 1 or type 2 diabetes. And it's estimated that there are around 850,000 people in the UK who have one of the conditions and are yet to be diagnosed. This is particularly worrying news, as diabetes increases the likelihood of health complications, including heart attacks, kidney failure, stroke, amputation and blindness. More worryingly still is the fact that there are an increasing number of younger people developing type 2, with the rate of under 40s being diagnosed increasing at a faster rate than over 40s. In the final uplifting story today, we have a look at the first malaria vaccine. Approved in Ghana, this new vaccine has been described as a world changer by people who developed it. Called R21, it appears to be hugely effective, with trial data suggesting it's about 80% effective when given as three doses, with a follow-up booster a year later. Malaria still kills around 620,000 people each year, many of them children. It's hoped that this vaccine will continue to prove successful and that it can be rolled out to more people. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of Macron's comments on China and Taiwan, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. That's the streaming service we're building with a bunch of our creative friends, many of whom you're likely to be already watching. That means that by signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, you also get to watch exclusive and ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube. That's things like Real Life Law's incredible Modern Conflicts, which breaks down contemporary disputes around the world, Neo's Underexposure, which beautifully dives into complex and shadowy topics you've always wanted to know more about, or Extremities from Wendover Productions, which uncovers some of the world's most remote places. 
All of these are only available on Nebula, just like our extended daily briefings and a whole bunch of other exclusive TLDR content which never comes to YouTube. If you want to sign up, use the link in the description so that they know you came through us. That helps us out a whole lot, as does watching on Nebula more generally. So thanks for signing up and we'll see you on Nebula.